Welcome to the Oh For Food's Sake podcast, where we unwrap the struggles of working in the food industry so that you can thrive in what you do best while sustaining a rewarding and fulfilling career or business. We are your hosts, Lucy Wager, food industry consultant, and Amy Wilkinson, coach and facilitator, bringing you our expertise of starting a food brand and working in the food industry for the last 20 years. Our podcast is for you to find new ways to cope with the daily struggles, but mostly to inspire you to work on what's not working to ultimately improve your career or business long term. So hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Um, We have done some polls recently on Instagram and LinkedIn to find out what it is that you guys want us to talk about. So today is the first one of those subjects. And the question was, could we give some advice to students and graduates that are starting out in the food industry? So we've we've got a few things in mind that we're going to talk about. But actually, when we were planning the episode, we um, realised that it's more than one episode. So we will be doing one that's um, looking at it from the other point of view of how we actually attract graduates and mm. students into the industry. So and succession planning and all of that. So. Anyway, yeah. I haven't even said hello to Lucy yet. Hi, Lucy. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, I was thinking, um, hello, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> I think you normally open up and I've just gone. Do I? Do I? Well, I'm excited about this one because um, it's it's always a bit nerve wracking when you ask people, what do you want us to talk about? Because then we have to actually think of something to say. But this is a really good topic because it's one that we've actually talked about before, isn't it? And yeah. one that we're really, you know, interested and passionate about together anyway so yeah yeah we're excited about this one yeah and on that looking back on the kind of the lessons that we've learned and yeah don't do that do you for a long time and we've done that so yeah Lucy just talk to me about when you um first like when you were a student and like how did you end up in the career path you were in so I did a food and consumer management degree at what was then the Birmingham College of Food, which, and that course I think is still going, um, or like an iteration of it. And by the, by the time I got to the end of my course, I decided that I actually, I didn't want to work in food, (laughs) which is hilarious (laughs) now, thinking of it. Um, and I was like, no, I want to, I want to do something new, which is so typically me. Mm -hmm. So I applied for loads of different graduate roles, including retail banking, fashion buying, loads of random things. Um, got through to the assessment centres and was always asked, why Why do you want to do this? Why would you like to work in fashion? And I could never answer the question very well and basically then came to the conclusion that actually I do want to work in food. Mm-hmm. Why am I trying to fight against this? So I applied to the GEAST graduate scheme mm-hmm. and I don't know whether I've said this before on another podcast, but they asked one of the questions that they asked. And at this point, I knew this was the career for me because they said, uh, tell us an innovative idea that you've had that isn't available at the moment. And I had always and still think that microwaves should have inbuilt scales in them so you can know the weight of the food that you want to defrost or anything. Anyway, so that, that was my yeah. idea. <laughs> no, and I've like, and that's always stuck with me. So applied to that and got recruited on, on into that role, um, which is obviously eventually where where we met. Yeah. And I got recruited recruited into a concept technologist role. So very, very 
development, creative focused right from the beginning, Mm -hmm. which is quite different to your story, isn't it? Mm. And how you came in. And actually that's really interesting for some things that we think for advice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so where did you hear about the Geese Graduate Scheme? Was it? It was through my university. So they had links with the course that I was on. And so uh, Jack Mitchell, who worked at Focus Management, yes, where yeah. I eventually ended up yeah. working as well. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? And, yeah. and actually that comes on to some of the advice we're going to give as well. Because yes. Your network is so important. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they just suggested that some of us apply. And, and I just had, I filled in like this memory, like coming back to me as you're asking me, I just had to fill in this, this form. And the question that I can remember is that microwave question. Mm-hmm. And then we had a phone interview and I had to go, I went for, I went for a face-to-face interview in Peterborough. And the very next day I was leaving for a month in Florence to do a language course. And my plan was to do a month and then probably stay for another five months or something. Mm-hmm. And after the interview, they were like, right, we want to see you as soon as you're back from Italy. When are you back? And I was like, oh, back in a month. So I came back and got offered the job and immediately started. And my mum reminded me the other day that, because I went, I grew up in Warwickshire, went to uni in Birmingham, so never went very far. Mm-hmm. And she was actually on holiday and I called her and I was like, oh, I've got a job in Lincolnshire. I'm, I'm moving to Lincolnshire tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I had like a three day period and I just like moved to Lincolnshire. Quite a remote part of Lincolnshire, isn't it? You know, there's not. Yeah, much. I've never been anywhere like it because I've I've never <laughs> been to flat. Lincolnshire. Very flat, and nothing like where I'd grown up in the Midlands. So, anyway, um, we're massively digressing here. Yes, we have to remember, Lucy. We've we have listened to our audience, and we're going for shorter episodes. So, <laughs> yes, this is the first of our short episodes. So I've Let's got to stop talking. Goes. Come on, Amy, tell us so, about your intro to the food industry. Yeah, so I did a food and nutrition degree at Huddersfield and I didn't I I think I did not know I had no understanding of what the food industry was about and I had a placement year on my course and I had a really great opportunity which was to go to New Zealand because my uncle who had done the same degree as me 30 years before at Huddersfield he lived there and he was high up in a catering company and I went and spent my year in New Zealand which was great obviously from a life perspective and you know a massive thing to be doing at 1920 but what it didn't give me was an insight into food manufacturing because the company I worked for was catering so it was quite I think that's something that with hindsight and it's not in our official tips but I think you know if you well I guess it is if you get that opportunity to to really experience manufacturing if that's what you want to go into or retail or whatever do that do that don't don't just follow the the dream of going to spend a year in New Zealand, which was amazing. Yeah, and you and you will have got other things yeah, out of that. Absolutely, like my independence and all of that sort of thing. Ready, so, steady, cook. Yes, I was on ready, steady, cook in New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other story. And then when I was coming to graduate, I, I we didn't have much of a in the way of like a. Um, maybe there was and I didn't go to them, but like careers fairs or whatever, like really understanding what we could do next wasn't there. And I think there's a lot more available now than there was then. And I applied for what was United Biscuits, uh, I think it was, or it might have been, I can't remember, and Samworth Brothers. And 
I did the United Biscuits um, interview first and it was the first interview I'd ever done in my life apart from like getting a job at Pizza Hut and I completely fluffed it. it I just had and and you know in some ways it was the practice run so that's absolutely fine and it was what needed to happen and Samworth was great and we uh, the the people I met on the assessment centre I am still friends with now you know it was a, an amazing experience and I got the job at Samworth Brothers but because my degree were the the way that the graduate scheme was structured was you were I, I can't, you were either a technical or a manufacturing graduate that was it so I went in and it was a very technical route which because I had no understanding of all the different roles in the industry mm-hmm. My first job was like in technical admin and it just was not for me whatsoever. Didn't help. But did you, by being in the business, did it give you a much better insight into what roles actually are available? Absolutely. And that was the thing. It was a sausage factory and I spent loads of time in the MPD kitchen because I found it really interesting. And I did a bit of a project on that was kind of half technical, half MPD on really interesting something to do with leeks and how they make the meat change color or something i can't really remember now it was a long time ago but i guess uh yeah it was once you were in there that you kind of understood what i needed to do so then i went down the routes that i've talked about before which was then move into process then move into development and you know yeah the the plethora of other things i've done it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation isn't it because until you're in a business you, you you don't know the what different roles are available yeah I, I like I'd like to think that it is better now and there's more access to understanding what's available but I'm not completely convinced mm. of that but we're both involved in the Food Matters Live Careers Week which is yes 23rd to the 25th of November this yeah. year 2021 we're both uh, speakers at that aren't we and I yeah I would really encourage anybody that is you know graduating in the next year to to attend events like that where there are people that have got lots of experience that will talk about you know the different roles there are in yeah film. and ask ask questions talk mm. to people about what roles are available because we're like, we're obviously talking a lot about the roles that we've done but there's I was going to say we haven't worked in commercial but you obviously have um I haven't but you know there's there's the whole commercial side which is very different to the MPD and the technical side and I think manufacturing as well which neither you know I did six months in yeah that was and I feel like we're going off in random tangents because we're like oh we've only got 20 minutes to talk about it but you know (laughs) we'll get used to this but you know I did on the graduate scheme that I did I did the first six months in that technical role and then because like the first two placements weren't chosen by me you know you just put in them and I did six months working on the production line, as in running a production line and sandwiches. And, you know, it it taught me two things. I didn't want to work in manufacturing. You know, it just wasn't for me. But it gave me such a grounding for the rest of my career to really understand. Because if you work in a manufacturing environment and you're working in a support function, you have to remember that the, the lifeblood of it is that we're making stuff. Yeah. And all the difficulties that come with that, you know, and the pressure that people in manufacturing are under, you don't really experience it unless you do it yourself. No. So and just, just the environment as well. Yeah. It's a yeah. hard environment Cold to work and in. wet. <laughs> yeah. So it does, it takes a certain type of person to, to want to be in there. Um, I, I wouldn't shy away from that you know if you are 
get you know get some experience in the factory if you're offered it you know yeah. or, or even volunteer for it you know please can I spend a week or two in the factory it doesn't need to be that much more than that you know six months yeah found tough but if, you know if you, it will give you a grounding throughout your definitely career. and I I think I lacked that so my first role, as I said, I went into a very development concept role. So I was doing lots of kitchen work. I was going into the factory to collect ingredients, you know, doing that side of things from the factory. And if there were factory trials, then I would like attend with the process team because we also had a process team. In some businesses, the development people will do both the concept and the process role. But in the role that I was in, we had a process team as well. And I found the, the factory quite scary, quite a scary, mm. intimidating environment. And at Christmas time, it was our biggest time of year by a mile. And mm. so everybody, it was like all hands on deck, everybody had to work in the factory at some point. And because I was young and footloose and fancy free at the time, I did the night shifts, mm-hmm. which again was like a whole new thing for me I taught me I didn't want to do night shifts but it was quite fun at the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that introduction to working in the factory working in a QA role in the factory in a night shift seeing a completely different side to the business was so helpful and really made me understand the engine room of the business and Mm -hmm. you know how the products that we were developing then you know really affected these people and what kit was there and all of that side of it so, yes, I completely agree with that. It's so important to get that experience in the yeah. factory. And we're obviously talking um, about it from a manufacturing, food manufacturing point of view, but when, I know we've got lots of listeners that work in retail as well, and it would be the yeah. same principle, wouldn't it? It would be yeah. you know, have to spend time in Definitely. the stores and the warehouses and understand yes. that. And actually, if you get that opportunity to do it when you work in a manufacturer, I know we used to do... They're called it's called different things in different retailers, but you know, effectively go and help out for a day at Christmas or a busy time in your customers. That's also really helpful as well. Yeah, you know, it's all about kind of seeing all the sides. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this, didn't we? Yes, we did. And your boss at M and S that told you you needed to understand the bigger picture, and you were like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah, and and I'd sit there and go, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. I do need to understand the bigger picture." And I was thinking what is the bigger picture like what do I need to do I want to do it I want to be better yeah but what is the bigger picture yeah which Um, kind of leads on quite well to the what were our tips going to be was about that don't being don't be afraid to ask questions you know when you start in a new industry new job whatever there's loads and loads of things that you're not going to know and people don't expect you to know so use that time you know the first year or so to ask as many questions as possible and there's loads of jargon, isn't there? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm there is. Yeah, well, there is. Like, uh, I'll tell you a, a, another funny story. When I first started at Sainsbury, so I'd come from manufacturing into my first retail role, and from manufacturing into retail, there's different jargon, there's different language. Yeah. And where you say people don't expect you to know things, well, they kind of do sometimes. They yeah. they think that you'll know something. They yes. not necessarily yeah, think not, you're going to stupid by yeah, asking. They just assume that you know it. Yes. Yeah. But mm. I didn't feel like I could ask because I wanted to prove myself. Mm. And they they were talking about UBWs and I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. I just didn't because I'd come from this very concept-focused role. Yeah. And then they were talking about UBWs and I I literally spent probably two days trying to like work out sort of, what's the word, 
like a spy, coercively <laughs> find out what UBW was. And in the end, I think it was lovely Tim Whittakind oh, who yeah. I, I basically asked. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to work out what UBW is. He's like, oh, it's just units per branch per week. And now, and then since then, I've kind of figured out that's a, a quite a um, Sainsbury's focused yes, way of speaking. Yes, something else. Yeah. If I, it, whatever, uh, yeah. So, and I think the big tip for me there is find someone that you feel comfortable with that you can ask questions to, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it whether it's an outside mentor that you can ask questions to or, you know, find a safe person that you can speak to and ask the questions yeah. that you feel like a stupid question. Yeah, and there are mentoring schemes out there. I'll just mention one called Flourish in Food. And that um, matches people with different levels of experience. So it's not necessarily that you would get a mentor that's got 20 years experience. They may only be five years ahead of you in the journey or three years ahead of you in the journey. But definitely apply to schemes like those because they will match you with somebody and not in your organisation, but somebody just that has a general understanding of the food industry and that you can just go, okay, this happened and I didn't know what question to ask or, you know, what does this mean? And, you know, just having that outlet, find them at work, but, you know, external mentors, are you know, take that opportunity if you can. Yeah, definitely. I wish I'd have done that and harnessed it more. And I think there are more things available. It's easy when you're old, isn't it? You can say, oh, it's much easier these days. So much (laughs) available. In in our day, in our (laughs) day, but... Yeah, but that also comes on quite nicely to what we were talking about when we were planning was around, yes, there are some things that only experience will give you, but don't underestimate your value as a new person Mm. coming into the industry because you will have fresh ideas, you'll have new perspectives, you'll have, you know... Skills, skills that older people just don't have. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, one example I thought of was like say five, six years ago when I was um, in marketing and digital marketing was becoming a much bigger thing. Like this, literally, we used to have meetings in the senior team meeting going, digital marketing, like this is totally not our remit because average age of 40 (laughs) or whatever. And we would, you know, we'd be like, okay, well, who can do that? And it was the graduates coming through that had done it as part of their degree or just had grown up with it in a much better Mm. way and loved it and ran with it. So don't be afraid to talk about the things like that, that you, you know, talk about your ideas, talk about those things, because it may lead to opportunities. Definitely. And it's, yeah, and as you said, it's also sort of acknowledging that some things do come with experience, but you have got a value other than experience, which other, and you can, and use other people's experience. So, you know, use a mentor to fill those gaps and equip yourself is is also a really good tip yeah and yeah there is stuff that only comes with experience and the other thing is when you're coming in in a graduate job or whatever you do have to accept that sometimes you're gonna have to do crap stuff yeah I think I found that really hard because when I started at Samworth we were very much you know as part of the recruitment process you kind of like put on a pedestal you're like you're you know you're the elite and there was only six of us on the intake and it was like you kind of like you're a graduate and you know you we've thought you were special enough you're the future yeah yeah so you're getting all this pumped into you in the training and whatever like in the induction and then when it comes to it you're like oh I've just got to fill in this QA paperwork every day or I've got to it's the mundane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah. The, yeah. And and 
but actually those things are so you know you will yeah. a you have to do them somebody's got to do them yeah I remember somebody that worked for me when I was you know like first step up and and needed some ingredients from the factory or whatever and I asked her to get them for me and she was like well, why can't you do it yourself and I was like oh my god <laughs> Don't, don't ever say that. Don't anyone. ever say that. Don't ever have that attitude because you have to accept, you know, you will need to work hard and you will need to do some boring stuff, but it will all be a good grounding for your future career, for understanding. It's exactly what we were talking about with spend the time in manufacturing. Yeah. It gives you a good level of understanding of everything that that job entails. And it gives you the empathy for the, the new recruits when you're recruiting as well, yeah. Yeah. if you've done it yourself. So, Amy, when you started your career, did you think that you would end up where you are now? <laughs> no. Well, I didn't even <laughs> I know, know the existed. <laughs> but, you know, thinking about, yeah, my career's taken, anybody that's listened to earlier episodes will know that my career's taken lots and lots of twists that I had no idea. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do. But, you know, I had a plan that I wanted to work in food and... I, yeah, I just didn't just didn't understand what that actually meant. And I think for a long time, and I think like in our first ever episode when we were sort of telling our stories, I remember you saying to me, you're like apologetic that your career mm. took different twists and turns, but mm. actually it's a real strength. So I think accepting that you may have an idea of what you want to do, but being okay with the fact that that might change through time is is fine you know it's okay for your career to take different I'm waving my hands in the air like the listeners can hear see that <laughs> um a different uh, uh, path as long as you're happy as long as you're learning you know yeah I found you know I did a few years in process and then I was like actually you know I, I that involved nighttime trials and whatever I wanted a better work, work life balance and I was more interested in MPD so I, I moved in that direction then I was like actually I really enjoy the consumer I really enjoy the commercial side I'll move in that direction and for me and it's different for everybody but for me it's a really important part of work yeah we go to work to earn money yeah but I'd need to feel fulfilled and for me fulfillment is feeling like I'm learning something new all the time so that's I think permission to for that to happen is really important yeah. and especially when you're a graduate you're right at the start of your career so most people don't know exactly what they want to do mm -hmm. and going into an industry like the food industry where a lot of the roles are quite hidden until you work in it yeah you know just be open-minded and open to new things and you know, having a mentor will help with that because they can make suggestions and you can see what other people do and what other businesses are like. Because my my journey, I, I don't think I really had a plan, but I just, I followed my heart and my brain mm. with, you know, decisions that I made and when opportunities came up and if it felt like the right time. And then I then obviously had like a health crisis and totally, completely changed direction mm -hmm. and ended up working in recruitment still within the food industry. So completely unexpected, but really insightful and useful to sort of push me into a completely different direction, setting up my own business. So you, you just never really know what's around the corner and see it as sort of an exciting start of a journey. Yeah. 
I'm conscious we are both those, that sort of person that in, has enjoyed the twists and turns and, and whatever. But some people may have a real kind of, this is the plan I want, you know, I want to be, you know, working commercial, I want to work in MPD and I want to be a director by, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that's okay too, I think. Mm. Um, if you do want to go that down a one-function route, that's fine, but just kind of accept that to be really good at that and to to make to progress through that you still have to have an understanding of all the different functions around you you know i i honestly believe the people that i've seen progress the best you know they are specialists in what they do but they have an empathy and understanding for the yeah. the wider impact of that yeah that's a re- that's really good advice actually because that's something that i that's the bigger picture thing that i didn't get when i was working retail because when you're in a function in a very big business, you can become very blinkered and you're so entrenched in your area yeah. that, I, I, you know, I as soon as I started pedology, I was like, oh, why didn't I go and spend time with the logistics team and <laughs> yeah. M&S? Why didn't, why, I didn't know what they did. Why didn't I go yeah. and find, you know, there's so much to find out in these big businesses. Yeah. Go and talk to the teams and, you know, yeah. understand it. And it's about what's right for you at the time because sometimes it's okay that you just need to be really focused on yeah. what you do within your function if you're still learning it and you know you're and you're and you are learning from within that. It's maybe if you have been in a in a certain function or a job for a while and you're starting to feel like you're kind of getting into that apathy stage of, you know, what am I doing? Um, finding your own ways to stretch and grow and learn and that might be you know, understanding what other departments are doing because that will mm. help you. It will, you know, it will always help. So, yeah, so I think in summary, our three top tips, Lucy, are... Know your value. So you're bringing fresh ideas, new ways of thinking, youth into a business. Um, so keep always keep that in mind and don't be afraid to ask questions don't be afraid to talk about your strengths and things that you can bring. But also with that, accept that you don't know everything, that some things really only come with experience and you are going to have to roll your sleeves up, get stuck in and do some of the hard stuff. And that will really earn respect of people mm -hmm. because you're sort of really showing that you're willing to do that and take the time to get to know all the other functions and the people that work with you. And then our second real tip is is around that do not be afraid to ask questions. There is loads and loads of jargon in the industry. There's going to be things that you don't know. It's okay to ask those questions. Find the person that you can really trust and you can just ask those stupid questions, um, you know, within the business. But also, if you can and it's available to you, have a look up of Flourishing Food. I know there are other ones available, but, you know, that's the one that's front We're going to put a link on for that Yeah, as we'll, we'll put a link in the yeah. um, show notes for that. Get yourself a mentor, you know, because that is going to really help you, especially in those first few years of your career. And then finally, have a plan, but don't be worried about the twists and turns. Enjoy the, you know, enjoy the twists and turns and adapt and learn. And, and, you know, remember that it's okay for things to not work out in the way that you thought um, and just be happy and enjoy it. 
So I hope you found those tips useful. Um, Like I said, for anybody listening that is already established in the industry, we are planning to do a future episode that's about how we help graduates and how we attract talent into the industry. Because I know from discussions I have with people every day, that is a problem and and the succession planning is a problem. So we really need to think about that. So next time we're going to be talking about how to stop MPD being overlooked in smaller manufacturers. So this was another listener request, which I thought was really useful. And we've, we've had a, we've had like a pre-planning session for this one because it was, a, I think this is quite a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, but we'll like, oh, one, I don't know, but we do. But then, yeah, and when we started talking about it, there's actually a lot to talk about. So thanks for that, listener, whoever you are that suggested that. This is a good one. Yes. Keep them coming, guys. Keep yes, them, keep coming. Keep them. keep them coming. And yeah, so messages on LinkedIn or on Instagram if you've got any other things that you want us to talk about. Yeah. And Great. Will, thanks, everybody. See you next week. week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. We're weekly now. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you've enjoyed it. Take care and catch us next week. And if you'd like to get in touch with us personally, Lucy is available for consultancy advice and is able to offer a free discovery call. Find her on Instagram at OutToLaunchMPD or over on LinkedIn. And if you want to reach out to Amy for any coaching or facilitation support, then you can find her at Amy Wilkinson Coaching on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. Thanks again. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amy. See See you you next time. time.